Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. And today we have Jessilene Punongbayan, a senior software engineer at Broadcom. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. And great job, really, for saying my name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I really wanted to talk to you about what you've been up to lately, like this year, um, mostly because this has been a very uh, interesting year and mostly because I can't think back any further than that. Um, you, you've been <laughs> posting an awful lot about COBOL and Zoe lately. Um, so why don't you just give us a little peek into you know what you've been up to this year? Well, this year, actually... Well, ever since the COBOL actually like started like this, this great, I don't know what you say, but this COBOL became famous again. I've, I've been thinking of a lot of like ways on how to write about COBOL and how we can integrate it with, with Zoe. Because I'm working as this developer for Zoe Explorer, which is the VS Code extension for, for Zoe. And it connects to mainframe. And I was thinking that, you know, as a COBOL developer uh, myself, I wanted to have these tutorials or to show the world that, you know, you can use this modern tool set or this modern tooling to write your COBOL programs. And it's a new new type of uh, dimension or like, I don't know, like something very new for me. And I was thinking that um, since I'm working as a couple developer before, what are the things that I could do or I could develop um, today with the knowledge that I have now to have to to be able to to make it easier for me in my couple development. And so this year I've been working on a lot of articles on how how to provide tutorials for other people and as well as inventing things myself by joining hackathons and as well as joining conferences. And yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. And I, I, what I really like is that you, you've been keeping it topical. I mean, obviously, uh, COBOL saw a spike um, in, in uh, you know, a resurgence again in popularity because of, of um, somebody, uh, the governor of New Jersey, saying COBOLT. They need COBOLT <laughs> programmers. So you, you've been keeping it topical with, uh, um, you know, with, with COVID-19 data and unemployment mm-hmm. data. Can you can you talk a little bit about the the that project? Uh, it was like a competition or like a contest that you set up um, based around <laughs> some of that data. Yeah, so I got the idea when the, I, I read somewhere like I think it's like a hundred days of code. I don't know, but they have this like hackathon for COVID nineteen, and I was thinking that you know I feel left out. I wanted to do something. I wanted to join this hackathon stuff, and but I know COBOL COBOL language. And so I thought that when COBOL became famous again, I wanted to have this challenge. And I, I called for a COBOL challenge where we are go where they are going to use the COVID-19 APIs and create a simple report program for the COVID-19 results. So, and, so, and I thought that that would be great because now we can incorporate this tool set or this modern tool set that we have for Zoe by calling those APIs and then writing it in mainframe and generating a report. And since there is a COBOL programming course that is open by Open Mainframe, mm-hmm. I thought that it is actually a good practice for them. 
because there's this first batch that already finishing with the labs and stuff and they can they can they can practice what they learn through these challenges and i think it was a great hit it was a big hit because it's like a simple but yet challenging um, programming challenge i noticed um you know you don't look like you're over 50 and i thought <laughs> I thought all COBOL programmers were old. How did you get started in COBOL? You're right. I'm not over 50. And I'm actually in my 30s. So I started off, when I graduated um, in college, I applied as a programmer trainee in, in our local bank. And they have this path, like two different paths. One is for mainframe developers, and the other one is for virtual basic. And I ended up in COBOL because they taught us as trainees how to code in COBOL and as well as run GCLs. And I and I realized actually that it's, COBOL is very easy to understand. It's like reading a paragraph. Like you want to display something, use display. You want to call something, call. You want to stop the program, just use stop run. And it's very easy for me in comparison to Java. And so I said, this is like interesting and i wanted to to pursue this this mainframe path and as well as i felt really um special when i went to the mainframe department because it's like i'm i'm the youngest and it's it's somehow they say that nobody knows about not nobody it's like it's not a very common language and i know that my my classmates don't know about cobalt as well and so I felt special and I wanted to pursue this mainframe because it's also interesting for me. And so, yeah, so from the start of my career up until now, I've been in the mainframe technology. But your 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 learning hasn't stopped at at mainframe. I mean, the I've seen you write things using um, you do type, TypeScript, like um, mm-hmm. React, like all, so. Did you did you? I'm not sure about this. Did you start on mainframe and spider out from there, or was did you just like hit it all at once? Um, the first one. So I started um, learning in COBOL. And then after, let's say, nine years of of COBOL development, I was able to move to system operations here in Czech Republic. So I, I'm actually an IBM employee before. And I, I worked as a system operations for two years. And then Broadcom was hiring for programmers that will create ZSMF workflows. And I was hired for that because of my system programming background. Uh. And then after that one, there I learned how to type, how to code in Python and use bash scripts. And then they transferred me to Zoe Explorer where we are coding in TypeScript. And then I learned how to do Angular and no, I think just Angular. I don't know how to use React though, but it, I think it's the same as, it's a JavaScript as well. So. But anyways, yeah. But I learned this modern programming stuff just when I was in Broadcom. That that kind of that Venn diagram of technologies. Mm-hmm. Every every single time somebody brings up that um, 
they're using COBOL, some, you know, on, on the internet, um, which is just a terrible place. Somebody, somebody always has to come out of nowhere and say like, I learned COBOL in college and I was, that was 80, 800 years ago. Do, do, do you think we'll ever get to the point uh, maybe again where programming in COBOL is just seen as, oh, okay, you, you must've had a very specialized business application that you needed to solve and you use the right tool for that. Um, like in, in light of all the writing you're doing, are you, are you seeing an, uh, like a change in people's perception? That's actually my hope. I, I'm hoping that, you know, one day they will see Cobol, not this super old programming language like used by your great grandparents, but it's just another programming language that you can learn and you can actually be challenged. You know, I, my hope, by writing these articles, I, my hope is actually that the new generation would find it interesting as well, the same as me. Because Mainframe has this really special place in my heart. I really fell in love with Mainframe as, as I work or as I as my career progressed. And I'm hoping that the new generation would see that as well. Because it's a very interesting language. It's very, it's very challenging. You get to um, be resourceful as well. And... Mm. It, and it's not just about COBOL. It's it's actually a, it's a lot of things. Like, you know, how to con- communicate with gigs, with DB2, and as well as with modern stuff. So it's like a really big network of of technology that you can learn. And it's 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 endless. It's like, it's, for me, it's very, very challenging. It offers a lot of things. I mean, I've been working in Mainframe for 12 years, and... Still, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm not really an expert on it. I'm still learning a lot of new things, and I like it. <laughs> I, I don't think I would trust anybody. Maybe there's like two or three people on the face of the earth who could say, I know a lot about mainframe and I would actually trust them. <laughs> so yeah, every, every single person who's like an absolute genius or an innovator or a founder of the platform or something, they're always the first one to tell you, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. But they're always the most capable. It's that, uh, what's that, Dunning-Kuriger syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. can, can you dive in a little bit more on the using typecast to generate COBOL? Because that is just some overlapping Venn diagram circles that I don't think anybody saw coming. The TypeScript one. So it was actually an, an article that was written by Dan Koloski, which is my colleague. He wrote it for Assembler. And then I thought, Hey, that's really nice. I I wanted to to try it out, and what happens is that I'm a very lazy developer. I I, <laughs> I don't like coding All as much, <laughs> and so I know that in Cobol there's this like you know this constant things that you need to write, which is like opening files, closing it, reading, printing. It's it's if you work in let's say in a bank, technically it's there's this this format that you need to follow and this programming standards. And for me, you can just generate it. You can have this configuration or these templates that you have, and then you can just write this generation, like cobalt generation, I call it. And so I read those, I read that article where Dan um, is generating um, GCLs or his input data set for his assembly program. And I thought, why, why stop with JCL? You can actually write something in COBOL. You can actually generate your COBOL program using this configuration. <laughs> and so I use this TypeScript program to call this mustache.js. 
and it's a substitution part where you have this configuration JSON file, and the te template will be there. Technically, the template can be in a data set. You're just going to download that data set and then substitute it in your COBOL program. And then you have your overall program, and you can also use this TypeScript um, functions to append what you have. So you can have, let's say, a template for your initial part, your process, and then your closing. Combine it all together, compile it, and then you can you can write all of this process in in a continuous integration or in a circle CI, and you only have to do is just click build, one click build button, and you have your program already. And for me, that's really efficient because I don't need to write a lot of things. I mean, yes, I could copy paste stuff, but still, I need to have to follow this programming standard, and I don't. And this is the, the standard that I have. I noticed that um, you put an article together on Medium about um, JCL. Mm -hmm. um, are, are you a JCL fan? Who's not a JCL fan? I mean, I like JCL. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I started with JCLs. And so I don't use scripts that much i know that you can call, you can run your cover programs through rex as well i'm not a fan of that because i'm not really exposed to those kinds of things i only run it through gcl so yes i, I can say that i'm a fan of gcl because i know it more it it, it seems odd that uh, in this day and age to find people who who see the value in that um because it is it is very kind of batch oriented and and mm -hmm. Looking at the world from that perspective is is probably not the way most certainly not the way most cloud people think. So yeah. it, it, it's it's neat to bump into someone who who sees the value in not just JCL but the way um, Jazz kind of attacks business problems. Coming speaking from the the VS Code and, and Zoe angle. Do you think that somebody who is interested in mainframe and COBOL can get pretty far, you know, using that as their primary interface? Or would you still recommend that they start using like a 3270 terminal? I would always suggest to use, or for me, I, I'm, I'm a fan of 3270. I think 3270 is a very powerful um, editor. And if you want to know mainframe, for me, the first step is to know about ISPF and use 3270. That, that's for me. But, you know, I think if you want to be a mainframer, you have to have that that unique experience. You have to have that unique skill because it's very useful. I think I think there would be a lot of modern toolset that will be available for you in the near future. But still, 3270 is something that, you know, like an old, fr an old friend that you can rely on all the time whenever this new technology will fail you. And it will be there. And so for me, it's very important that you familiarize yourself with that because it will it will be your backup. It's, it's, it's a text-based tool specifically written for mainframe mm -hmm. and specifically written to get done what you need to get done with as few keystrokes as possible. Mm -hmm. um, if, if there's one thing there's a definite shortage of in the mainframe world, it's 
time to get all the stuff done that we want to get done. <laughs> so yeah, any any tool that uh, that saves time, people are, are always going to be a, a fan of. Yeah. Um, can can you talk a little bit about the the Zoe um, Zoe VS Code kind of plugin ecosystem and and some of the you know some of the offerings that Broadcom's putting out there and what people should maybe be paying attention to? Sure. So Zoe Explorer right now has this ability to be extended or for, for you know like um like IBM Z Open Editor like you can you can extend or you can use this Zoe Explorer and then have other extensions as well. And Broadcom has created lots of lots of mainframe stuff like mainframe extension for you. And one of the things that I do like is actually this global language support. Because this one one Cobol language support is um it's technically a syntax um, validator for you already. So when you open your Cobol program, it will run this syntax check, and then you will have it as well. And the other one is that GCL language support for GCL fans like me, you would need that hmm. GCL language support, and they have the debugger for mainframe as well. And this is actually using the intertest product of Broadcom for kicks and as well as batch, I believe. But for now, I think it's intertest for kicks. I'm a fan of intertest, even before I'm not a, a Broadcom employee. I think it's a great product. So I really recommend that if you have intertest, you also have this, this extension. And as well as all the other extension, including Endeavor, which I believe is very useful as well. Do you think we'll get to a point when when everything is kind of um, like a single shot install? Like here's here's like the main path, and here's a few optional ones. Because right now it seems like you kind of have to know what you need yeah. in order to enable the extensions that you might need. And um, unless you kind of stay in touch on social media and mailing lists, you you kind of don't discover things um, quickly sometimes. Honestly, it's kind of tricky for me because. Some people do like that, and some people don't like that. You know, it's like a balance of the things that you you want. But for personally, I would love that. Like you have this one installation button of of you can have everything, and then you can just click whatever it is that you want. Before CLI has it, like I know that the Zoe CLI has this um, Windows installer before. And we, we can we can we are offering like a one installation of all the CLI plugins, but maybe in the future I hope that in VS Code Explorer there would be something like that as well. What what do you see as um, the the progression of open source for the mainframe? Right, the, the mainframe hasn't been open source for for a long time. Where, where do you see that going? Because all that work that you guys are doing is very is very focused on changing. Or building that community. My vision or my hope for for a mainframe in open source. Because all right, so just maybe some context. What what I like about the Cobalt programming course that Open Mainframe Project started is that yeah, it opened up a lot of opportunity to learn. Whether you are an experienced developer or a new developer, we became learners. All of us became learners of either the mainframe technology or the modern technology. And so my hope for for mainframe as it goes to 
the open source stuff. I, my, my, I'm hoping that, you know, it would be a stronger community, a community where all of us are, all of us working together, where we are building applications that connects modern technology and mainframe technology and working, all of us working together to make it better. You know, just, I could just imagine like, you know, all of us have this experiences and ideas and if we, we combine all of these things, then I believe that we can make mainframe, uh, well, a better a better platform or a better place to work on. If people um, are so inclined, where where should they really, uh, where, where can they start out right now? For me, the first step that I think that they should do is to try it out. You know, go to... Just try it out. Maybe if you're, let's say you're a hobbyist, like you don't want to install Zoe, just just go to this trial system that IBM is providing, like go to the Cobalt programming course and try it out and try the VS Code Explorer. And then if you want to explore more, you know, you can contribute code. If you know how to code in Java or TypeScript, you can contribute to our repo, the Zoe repositories. Or if you, or just simple asking questions or sharing your experiences to others that's actually very very helpful because it will drive um development of zoe on how they how they want to shape it up and for me that's those contributions are very very useful and as well as you know um just join the slack communities join the community and help new developers as well to, to learn more about mainframe. And I think being a witness and being this, let's say, enthusiastic, you know, person who who, who um, promotes modernization and mainframe is really help for the community. If, if it's not um, um, violating any uh, company secrets, can you mm-hmm. tell us you know, what are you working on now? What, what's next for, for you? For now, I'm actually working on Zoe Explorer and more on, well, it's not a secret, but it's more on this um, profile stuff and the single sign-on through API mediation layer. And we are, we're currently designing how we could implement it through, through the Explorer itself. And as well as extending Zoe Explorer so that other applications can create their own extension. Like today, I no, not today, but last time we talked about having this kicks extension for VS Code and somebody's creating the DB2 extension for, for VS Code as well. And so that's that those are the things that I'm currently working on. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm writing up uh, the instructions for this year's Master the Mainframe contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a poorly kept secret that you know we're we're using VS Code and the Zoe plugin this year. Um, and what what's what's kind of I think it's funny and I think it's actually a good sign is that I I've written up a bunch of instructions and then the plugin changes a little bit and then I have to go back and I you know rewrite the instructions, <laughs> take new screenshots, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and people have been I'm, I'm I actually. I think that's a great indication that we're in a great time and that we're in the right place because if, if the technology you're working on is completely stagnant, then, mm. you know, unless it's completely perfect, 
um, that's that's a sign that people aren't using it. The the energy of the ecosystem and the con- con- contributions that are consistently showing up. Um, I, I'm excited about that. It's it's funny because there there are people who be like, oh my god, Jeff's gonna get mad. He's gonna have to make some updates. I'm like, oh cool, what what new thing do I get to play with? So um, thank you for those updates. Um, but just a, a small favor, maybe during the month of September, don't make any of those, you know, profile <laughs> changes that API mediation layer threw me for a loop. But, you know, if oh, there's no. just anything that can be left blank by default, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding, mostly. Uh, well, actually, there will be there will be a change, but I hope that there won't be any issues for for master the mainframe. But we are we are going to implement something maybe by the end of the month. <laughs> OK, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> Maybe we should be doing an episode on on that work, Jeff. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I, I'd love to. It would be weird to interview myself, but but yeah, it's a uh, man. This this year, I, I, I this year is going to make a lot of people very happy, and it's going to make a lot of people very upset. And I'm not sure which I'm more excited for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're coming up on the bottom of the hour here, uh, and and I just want to uh, take a few seconds to to thank you, Jess Elaine, for for um, spending this time with us and talking about uh, all the cool stuff that you've been working on. You're welcome. Do you want to give a, a final plug for uh, for your Medium post or anything you got going on right now? Um, sure. Uh, I actually wanted to to promote this Open Mainframe Summit that is coming this September. So I will be speaking there. I will have four sessions, but the, I have three main sessions, which is um, talking about Cobol and modern mainframe experience. And the other one is that we're going to talk about as a new, let's say, as an experienced mainframe developer, how do we keep up with the times and using Zoe um, in our day-to-day um, activities. And then the other one is that we're going to talk about um, the hackathon project that we have where we are creating this um, Zoe app, which is the interactive learning experience that can help new generations to learn more about mainframe in a modern way. So I wanted to promote that one. We're going to talk about that in September 16 to 17 during the Open Mainframe Summit. And um, I guess that's it. I mean, as well as Zoe Explorer, please try it out. Please try Zoe. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. I think I think we're all really interested in, in playing around with Zoe. That's for sure. <laughs> Great, thank you very much. Yeah, well, I want to you know just say thank you for all the work you've been doing. Please keep doing it. Please keep inspiring others. Um, and I, I we can't wait to see uh, what else you do. Thank you so much. Old man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.